and welcome to the latest edition of Cattlecast. Today we will be speaking to Laura Donovan from the Nantwich Vets and discussing all things about the vet attestations. So then Laura, over to you. Hi, my name's Laura Donovan. I work for Nantwich Farm Vets in Cheshire, uh, which is a farm-only independent practice with around 18 farm vets. And we are in an area which is predominantly dairy cattle work um, with a small amount of beef and sheep work. Okay, that's great. How long have you been there? I've worked here for 14 years and this was my first practice. So I've worked here since I graduated. In that time, I've achieved my certificate in advanced veterinary practice in cattle and I've worked on lots of projects like the BVD Stamp It Out project. We've recently got heavily into the TB advice project work and now we're running animal health and welfare pathway reviews and uh, moving t- towards setting up those visits. No, that's great. It really shows, I guess, how much veterinary work has changed over the years and these bigger projects and moving forward, probably these more government-based projects are going to be part of it. So I guess that brings us on to today's topic of the podcast, which is all about the vet attestations, which is a ridiculous word and I'm bound to get it wrong (laughs) during this podcast. Yeah, I wondered how you sort of got involved with that really and how that started in your practice. So over the last couple of weeks, we've had a large number of clients ringing us up or coming into the office to ask about slaughter attestations because they have seen the signs at market. So I think at market rate and market, leap market, they've they've seen this communication and that has triggered them to ring us up to find out more about it. The, the markets and the slaughterhouses do seem to be suddenly stepping up. I think we've definitely noticed in the last two or three weeks more clients asking about it. So I guess how much do you know about the history of it? It seems to be one of those kickbacks that needed to happen after Brexit, but didn't, I think, is my take from it. I wondered if yours was any different. Yes, I think the farmers have just been using their own farmer declarations up to this point. And now we are finally catching up with the requirements of what is expected post-Brexit, which is actually that the vet has confirmed that there's no signs of notifiable diseases on a premises and that a vet has been within the last 12 months and also had a chat through general farm biosecurity. So there's two sort of angles to what is expected on the visit. And I believe that each different holding number needs to have a visit and you have to see the cattle or sheep or a stock on each holding as well. Yeah, no, that that's great. This regular vet visit seems to be a bit of a, you know, fluffy subject, but it's nice that they have tied it down to, you know, every holding number and once a year, which is great. So I guess that's a bit of why it's been brought in and what it is. How are you trying to, I guess, structure your visits? So some of them are needing bespoke visits where we are just going to do that and to observe stock. Some we are able to combine at TB testing time at a point when we've seen all the stock on the farm. If they've had that visit relatively recently, we are signing that the animals were examined on that date and providing them with the attestation for 12 months from the date we saw them. So some are having it from when we've examined them in the last few months. 
as long as the vet is happy to say that they saw everything and can confirm that the requirements of the visit were carried out at that time. Yeah, no, that's good because we've got quite a short deadline as to when the farmers need them. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. So it's all has to be in place before the 13th of December this year. So we have sent out a communication to all staff today, which has a, an easy flow chart for office members so because farmers are getting a little bit confused. We have had a, um, a lot of inquiries from dairy farmers. So this is just a simple flow chart to explain if the farm is a dairy farm, it will be red tractor accredited. Therefore, they don't need one. And then probably half of our beef and sheep farms will also be red tractor accredited and therefore don't need one. And then if they've had the animal health and welfare pathway review, they don't require one. So there will just be a small number of clients who will fit into this category of we're not red tractor assured and we do do have stock that could go through a market and we and we need one. Um, so it's just finding those cattle and communicating to office staff, maybe to ask the question when they're booking in work, do you need one before the 13th of December? Have you got one? Have you have you planned plan to sort it out? No, that's great because yeah, it does only apply to to a percentage because as you said if they've had the pathway visit or if they're red tractor already then these people don't need this extra number as it were so thank you for definitely clarifying that and how you communicated that to your team I think is really important it's not just the vets within that team but the admin people and the people booking in the TB test because I think we all agree that the TB test is a great opportunity to do it when we see all the stock it's just how we fit that in before December. Yes that's right it's just a small window and we need to identify who might need one before we get to the 13th of December. So with yours you're saying for some of them where the vet is happy and they've done a TB test recently we can backdate it slightly with the the dates needed on the form and otherwise we're just doing bespoke visits um, are you trying to link it to sort of any herd health plans or does that depend on the, the farmer's choice, really? Um, it has in some cases. As I say, we are um, running TB advice visits. So it might be that it's something that we can do when we're on farm delivering those. Um, if the farmer is worried about having to pay for the vet to come out and examine their animals, then um, they can apply for the animal health and welfare pathway. So it might be that we send them the link for that so that they can claim their funding. And then that would more than cover the time and doing the slaughter attestation. So everything, all the pots of money are sort of linking together, really, with hopefully funding vet time on farm so that the farmers aren't having to pay for it out of their own pocket. No, it's really good that there are so many sort of flexible options into doing this. It's just sometimes with such a short deadline, we've just got to pick one and go with it, which is where maybe different vets might pick different options. And I think that's okay. Um, Are you still in that phase of being quite open to what farmers want? Yes, definitely. We'll just be flexible with um, what fits in with them and when they want us to come and deliver it. So once we've examined the stock and the premises and had the chat with them about notifiable diseases and biosecurity, we're providing them with a hard copy. Some farmers might ask for multiple hard copies, it has to be stamped and signed by the vet. There is also a requirement to keep an electronic copy. So if anyone ever loses it, it's all on the practice system. And we are emailing that to the farmers as well so that they've got one that they can use or send across to the market at every sale. 
And is there any sort of specific things the vet has to have done or researched to fill in those forms? Or is that quite straightforward and you found it quite easy to use the forms? Yeah, it's very straightforward. I did think what might be beneficial is just to create a document with some very simple advice around the notifiable diseases, just so that there's consistency of the advice that each vet provides about the signs of notifiable diseases, and so that we don't miss any major ones when we're having the chat, especially with blue tongue virus circulating now much more in the Netherlands. I think that it would be good to just have a little um, sheet so that we've ticked off sort of the discussion points around those. And again, maybe the same with biosecurity so that we have a sheet to explain that we have talked about purchasing policies and um, disinfection points, et cetera, et cetera, just to provide a bit of consistency to the advice that we're giving. Yeah, no, that, that is crucial. And as you say, you know, this podcast is perfectly timed, I guess, with Blue Tongue. You know, we, as BCVA, we've just done an email on it literally today saying that the risk levels are changing in the UK. So Definitely one to remember to keep up to date with, I guess. Just interested, I guess, post-December the 30th, what your plan is going forward, because these are dated for a year. So is it planned to link them to all TB tests for those, as we said, the small number that haven't had a pathway or aren't red tractor, or what are your plans after the special date? We could do. Um, so on the practice system will be recorded slaughter attestation visit. So we will have a record of the date they were delivered this year. So what we could do is create a spreadsheet or a reminder system to contact those farmers in a year's time and then preempt them needing to renew them in 12 months. That would probably be a sensible way to go. As far as I'm aware, it's only around 10 we've delivered at this point. Maybe there will be a bit more of a push and we'll see a few more requests come in over the next couple of months. But as I say, for our practice, I think the number required will be quite low compared to a lot of other practices. Yeah, I think we're at a similar level with so many being dairies that, as we said, didn't need them with the red tractor, then actually it does massively decrease them. Unfortunately, it's often the people that probably aren't as engaged with vets that do need these, being often the ones that aren't red tractor or aren't dairy. So it is sometimes hard to work out who needs it. So I think the way that, you know, markets and slaughterhouses are pushing it quite hard, hopefully it's almost them coming to us, um, which is always a bit nerve wracking, isn't it? But we're still expecting that rush, you know, the end of November. But the more we can do now, the better, I suppose. Yes, definitely. Um, there's always going to be the very organised people that are getting it sorted now. But it'll be interesting to to find out how once it is in place, you know, how they're going to enforce it. Because as far as more, I don't, I don't know if that's clear yet, um, whether it will be at market that it's picked up that they haven't got this document with them I'm not entirely sure how it's going to work post the 13th of December. Yeah no I think there's a lot still up in the air I think the way markets seem to be really pushing this I think it will be a big thing for them that actually anything going into their slaughter rings will need it before they even get there but how that works for direct chains and things like that is still a bit questionable. But again, I guess a lot of those would be Red Tractor being part of chains as well. So it is sometimes those, those odd ones that maybe do, say, home slaughter. And so when they want home kills back, so small butchers, which actually often aren't Red Tractor, because for them, the extra sticker doesn't make a difference because you're sort of direct selling anyway. 
but we have to remember that that fifth quarter products still are often sold to the continent, so they still do require one. So it might be some of those smallholder types that actually it will be a surprise to them when they need one as well. Yes, definitely. Okay, I think that gives us a really good background into what it's about and how you're fulfilling these vet attestations. Anything else you would like to add? I think just encourage you know, office staff to ask the question so that hopefully come 13th December, most of our clients are prepared and not going to get a nasty shock when they try and sell things through the market. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. And I think another thing we covered is just how flexible it can be, whether it's a you know, bespoke visit just for this part of a TB test, part of another visit, how we link the pathway in. There are so many options. So I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you again, Laura, and any of our listeners that have any questions, then please let us know. So I'd just like to once again thank Laura for being on our podcast today. So some of the key things is it will only be a select number of your farmers. So not anyone that's red tractor accredited or already done a pathway visit key date to remember is that they have to be in place before December the 13th. So what do we have to do on this visit? So it's all about biosecurity and we need to check all animals. Um, A key thing that I'm not sure is coming through on a lot of the um, advertising is that every holding number needs one. So it's not per farmer. If a farmer has more than one holding number, then each of the holdings needs Uh, one of these certificates and a good hint and tip from Laura is to get the whole team involved so whether that's the vets that are going out to normal visits whether that's and the admin team booking in those TB tests is crucial so again if anyone else wants to be part of our podcast then please let me know or if you've got any other topics you want to hear about with the vet attestations there are some commonly asked questions in an email sent out and also on our website so hope this is really helpful and hope that you will listen again soon